This is Current Thought, Con Edison's podcast providing a first look at the cutting edge ideas, innovations, and technology that enable us to be an energy industry leader. Welcome to Current Thought. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Corbelis. Today we're talking to Marie Berninger, the Director of Business Development at Con Edison Transmission. Energy is always on the move, and now thanks to renewable energy generation, it's moving in new and different directions, demanding upgrades to support intermittent energy sources like offshore wind and solar generation, and of course battery storage to help keep the grid reliable. The people working for Con Edison Transmission spend a lot of time thinking about moving energy from where it's generated to the customers who rely on it, whether it's over land or under the sea. Let's find out what the current thought in the electric transmission sector is. Welcome, Marie. Hi, Anne-Marie. Thanks for having me. Marie, poles and wires have been the conduits of moving energy since the time of Thomas Edison and, and George Westinghouse. What's new in the transmission business today? Well, Anne-Marie, with the drive for more and more clean energy, the grid is embarking on significant change like we haven't seen for generations. Naturally, solar and wind farms on land need to be built in new locations and often need new transmission lines to deliver it to customers. And also on the East Coast, we're on the cusp of building unprecedented amounts of offshore wind, which require expanding the electric grid into the Atlantic Ocean. So this not only means building high voltage electric transmission offshore, but it also means preparing the onshore grid to accept and deliver large amounts of power from new locations which wasn't really contemplated in the original design many decades ago. What are some of the challenges for developing the transmission associated with offshore wind projects? Well, from a 50,000 foot level, we're looking at expanding the power generation by 30 to 50% using offshore wind, and then injecting those new gigawatts of power into some of the most complex and congested waterways and communities in the world. Making landfall is one of the more challenging issues and nowhere is more challenging than New York City. So I'll use that as an example to highlight some of the challenges. In New York, we have to contend with some of the busiest and important shipping lanes in the world and legacy infrastructure and challenges are everywhere. Once we're on land, we have to navigate city streets and multiple utilities as cost-effectively as possible. Lastly, the existing transmission grid was not designed anticipating this level of electric power coming from the ocean and requires expansion to accept it. In such a highly dense area, this expansion is really challenging and requires very careful study and design. So that's really interesting, Maurice. Previously, we've created energy on land and shipped it to communities near the shore. And now we're taking the energy from offshore through the shore communities and shipping it inland. And there's a difference in the way that infrastructure was created initially? Yeah, I, I you've got that right. And also, the city and the communities on the shore have changed dramatically. The way we use energy, the amount of energy we use has changed and it's grown organically over time. And now we're shifting where the power is coming from. Like you said, it was previously and is currently coming from further on land. Um, and now it's coming from the opposite direction and it's different type of energy as well. And energy projects always stir up controversy. There's, there's not one project that is without environmental impacts. Could you talk to us about your approach to developing the, a transmission project? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you asked because this is where it all uh, comes together, right? 
So first and foremost, it's very important to engage with local communities from the start. And that means listening closely to them and understanding their values and any concerns they have with your project. Then we have to make sure those values and concerns are addressed in a careful and thoughtful design. So for offshore wind, this is the approach we're taking with our project in New Jersey called Clean Link New Jersey that's delivering offshore wind to the New Jersey grid. These concepts use, we use in that project are critical to the successful delivery, um, which really has to minimize offshore routing, make landfall, and then connect to the existing grid some miles inland. First, we need to create what we call power corridors. This means selecting key routes where multiple delivery cables can be co-located underground so that they're not intrusive to communities. This way we can optimize the route, save money for customers, and minimize disruptions to the environment. So CleanLink New Jersey is a great example of the power corridor, corridor design where we use multiple high voltage direct current cables to connect large amounts of offshore wind using a very small footprint. Then those power corridors need to connect to points on the existing grid. And those points have to accommodate and distribute the electricity to customers. So I wanna circle back to New York again to highlight another great example of this. Um, Con Edison's proposed Brooklyn Clean Energy Hub is one where we're building a substation that can host multiple offshore wind interconnections, saving customers hundreds of millions in cost and streamlining the process. And the final point I'll make on this is, it's really important in all of this that the offshore transmission is owned and operated independently from generation. This is a principle that it's used widely on the grid today and is, its value translates to offshore wind. Maintaining this independence is important for reliability it's important for lowering the cost of energy and making sure the investment we make today in the electric grid is expandable for future growth. The power corridor seems like a very organized way to use the, the bottom of the ocean because you want to minimize impact in the water as well as onshore. Absolutely. Um, what about costs? What are the considerations for customers? So it's true, new infrastructure will, will require a large upfront investment but it will save costs in the long run. However, if transmission is not planned right, the cost to customers for building offshore wind will be orders of magnitude higher. The importance of well-planned offshore transmission cannot be understated. If offshore generation routes and interconnects to the grid in sort of a free-for-all style, the cost will likely be duplicative and the system will be upgraded in an inefficient way. And this is what we're trying to avoid come up with the most cost-efficient, effective transmission solution now and make the investment once to save customers money. What's the most exciting part of this industry for you? Well, we're experiencing a renaissance with clean energy and it's immensely exciting and rewarding to be part of that. We have some really complex problems to solve, which is very motivating. And personally, I like driving towards solutions that are going to save customers money and deliver um, our communities the, the future they deserve. So you really have a chance to think about offshore uh, transmission from its infancy. So you're actually creating the foundation for this, this whole system of energy from the beginning. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Are there any new technologies or ideas that you're keeping your eye on? So a lot of the concepts for offshore wind transmission are new for the United States. 
The hybrid use of uh, underground high voltage DC and AC cables is one of them that I'd highlight. While the energy is produced from wind farms using AC power, the use of DC power to bring the energy to shore and connect to the system has more benefits. Um, with DC, traveling longer distances is more cost effective, and it also has a smaller footprint um, regarding the size of the cables and the amount needed. So it takes up less space for underground construction and is therefore less intrusive to communities and the environment. With the use of DC comes the need for compact converter stations to convert it back to AC before it's transferred to the local grid. So managing a hybrid AC DC system will be different. Additionally, mesh networks offshore, so that's connecting wind farms in the ocean together with, uh, with transmission lines, hasn't been done in the US yet. This concept, of course, is not new to the existing grid. So what we'll have to do is apply the best practices from our onshore grid to the unique needs offshore. Marie, how important is the work that you and your team are doing? It's really important. I mean, without transmission solutions, the clean energy transition doesn't happen. It's really rewarding to be a part of a team that's on the forefront of bringing these innovative solutions to market for the communities we serve and sort of thinking through that foundation and thinking through what we need for the future to bring these clean energy resources to customers. And that's our show. A special thanks to today's guest, Marie Berninger from Con Edison Transmission, Inc. I'm Anne-Marie Corbelis, and this is Current Thought. If you have a technology idea, a comment, or question, send us an email to podcast at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. And remember to follow us on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our handle is at Con Edison. Make sure to use our hashtag, hashtag current thought.